We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast back for the 22-23 season. I'm Alex Hurst, joined in our Collingwood Street office in the heart of the city by Charlotte Robson, Simon Campbell and Rob from his Rubenstein NUFC YouTube channel. Please go and check it out. I'm absolutely buzzing, my friends. Absolutely buzzing. Cannot wait for this season. It's been too long. Fucking play the whole season across 50 weeks of the year. They don't need time off. Get bigger squads. I don't know. Five subs. Too much time off, but we're back. Friendlies. We might talk them about them a little bit, but they don't matter because we're back. The season's back. Sai, how are you feeling, mate? What are you looking forward to? Everything, everything. Uh, I got my first taste of preseason on on Saturday, just gone, and really, really enjoyed it. Probably for the first time in my life. I think even as a as a teenager, I didn't really enjoy the preseason as much as I did on on Saturday gone, um, just because of the pure anticipation of, of what it's kind of leading to and the the build up to this new season. So yeah, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to St James's Park on Saturday. I think it's going to be absolutely bouncing. I think Nottingham Forest is a perfect opponent for for many many reasons. You know, long time since they've been in the top division, so it'd be a good occasion. But they're also newly promoted and the worst of the newly promoted side. So we should really be able to just just brush them aside and show what we're what we're going to do this season. You know, really demonstrate. Possibly end up top of the league by the end of the weekend, man. Beat them three four nil five nil. We top the league and we'll never move again. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited at thinking ahead a little bit about after each game and after each victory looking at um, the, the results around us and not just trying to find out if Norwich got beat as well or trying to see if Burnley got beat as well, looking at West Ham, looking at Man United, looking at Leicester and seeing what their results are because that actually matters and then getting to November and looking at results because they matter, not because we're already in a, in a bottom four race. So there's just so much optimism on that front alone and this season is going to be, it's going to feel unique because I can't remember what it's like to do that. So yeah, absolutely buzzing. Charlotte Robson, same question. Yeah, I can't wait. I just want it to be here now. Um, being in St. James's Park at the weekend was just lovely. It's nice because a friendly is so low stakes, but everybody was up for it. There were 40,000 people there on Friday night when I was there. The pub was buzzing beforehand. There were loads of people in the pub in their kits. Like, just couldn't wait to get back into St. James's Park. When was the last time that happened for a friendly side? I think you tweeted that you haven't done that in about 15 years. At least. Yeah, I mean... Most people hadn't. I'd never really bothered with the friendlies. My dad couldn't, it could never be bothered, and he was buzzing for this. My cousin came up from London to go <laughs> to a preseason friendly. It's just daft, isn't it? It was, and the atmosphere was lovely. It's just a warm up for how absolutely class it's going to be on Saturday. So I can't wait. I think we're going to, I think we're just going to storm this league. I think, I think it's going to be really good. You tell me the exact date that we win it. Go on, put your neck, <laughs> put your neck on the block. <laughs> What is it? The um, sixth of August? Is it sixth <laughs> of August? Yeah, no. no, no. When we win it? When we win the league? Oh right. Yeah, and um, COVID coming back. <laughs> no, I'm going off size. Um, size like top of the league and not moving from there. Um, when will we win the league? I think it's going to be nailed on. 2024. Yeah. Um, <laughs> future season. Rob, do you have anything to add to that kind of orgy of enthusiasm <laughs> oh from Charlotte and Sai here? No, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, echoing both of what the guys have said there. I think for me, it's, it's, an, it's a new era. It really is. I know when the new owners came in, we, we spoke about the fact that um, that was like a new start, but, but this is the real fresh start. This is uh, a whole season with Eddie Howe, with the new players we've brought in. And I just can't wait for it to get it underway. 
you're spot on. And I'm really pleased you raised that point about kind of first full season of, of everything being in place. We've got a CEO, we've got a director of football, we've got a manager, and we're assistant manager, I always remember Tyndall. Um, <laughs> we've Never got, forget. We've got, we've got our signings and hopefully we'll have some new signings by the weekend. I mean, if James Madison uh, was to sign by Saturday, it was already an exciting day, but wow, but that hasn't happened yet. So we'll we'll leave that one alone. If we do sign them, get signed up to our Patreon platform, which is now £8 a month for absolutely loads more of these podcasts. It's going to be the best season ever on True Faith Patreon. As it is for all Newcastle fans, and, and, and like you say, it's, it's so interesting to me, Rob, about, we, you know, last season, like, owners, players, managers, fans, everyone exceeded expectations. Everyone. There, there isn't anyone at the football club, apart from maybe Jamal Lascelles when he's in the ball, but who like didn't improve massively or didn't get much better. And that's going to be the interesting thing this season about what is that ceiling? What is like, how, how good can we make St. James's Park? Could we, could we make it better than the Arsenal game? Well, that's got to be the challenge, doesn't it? Can we, can we fill every away end? I'm sure we will. Can we argue about loyalty points on social media every week? I'm sure it's going to happen. It's already happening. You know, the players, can Joe Litton get even better? You know, who's going to play centre-back, Sven Botman or Fabian Scher or Dan Byrne? These are really, really exciting things to to look into, and and we'll compare it to the the, the start of previous season, uh, previous seasons. Like you correctly say, Sai, it's um, it's just different. It's a different way of being a football fan. It was different at the preseason friendlies. It was like, yeah, it's just, it's just. I'm very, very excited. I am, um, I'm probably looking forward to most of all, just being absolutely class and winning games. Like that ultimately is what. It, like winning, what did we win? Thirteen of nineteen or twelve and nineteen at the back end of last season. It was an absolutely tremendous time to be a football fan. So if you can imagine doing that, but then consistently across the season, like you said, Sai, looking at the league table, looking for results that actually matter at the top end of the league, it's uh, it's going to be glorious. One of the things uh, to move us on slightly. One of the things which I found a little bit surprising is that so few people or fans on social media, at least believe that there's going to be a top six push this season um now doesn't mean that they're wrong or anyone who thinks that is wrong i do disagree with quite strongly the idea of like what's a good season well some people would say good season's 10th place staying away from relegation battle little bit of progress uh-uh. no like no way like bruno gomarez didn't sign for newcastle in january to finish 10th next season and that'd be it be the aim sven botman didn't turn down ac milan to you know to be like oh sven come and sign for newcastle we'll do 10th like that, that cannot be in the vocabulary. ASM, Bruno, um, talking about Champions League football. Now, I'm not suggesting we're going to get Champions League football this season, but I would expect that upward trajectory under Eddie Howe to continue. I see no reason, you know, if we finish 10th this season, and if you finish 10th, you can finish 13th. Like we did almost, like we almost finished between 14th and 9th last season. I see no reason to, for us to get worse under Howe and, and, and to be in that conversation for as low as 10th place. I think we'll get worse or some, or, or we won't be as good as last season. I'm really keen on, on your thoughts. Sai, a little chat off air before you're probably the most optimistic of the group. So I'll, I'll, I'll go to you first, mate, and, and you can talk about why. And then maybe Rob, I think you said ninth place. So, so maybe we can have a bit of a conversation between the two of you about who thinks what and why. Yeah, I just think we've got through preseason pretty much unscathed. Shelby injury aside, but is, is Shelby a guaranteed start on this team? Probably not. So, you know, we've got our best eleven available from the start, all fully fit, all fully pre-seasoned. And we, we should start like a house on fire, we really should, like like a train. And if you talk about the form you just mentioned from the back end of last season, why can't that continue? There's no reason to think that that's going to drop off. Yes, we might not win, we not be, might not be top three form, but you know, even even getting half of that, you're still in that picture for, for top six. You're still going to be much better than all those teams below eight. So why can't we be in the, in the running the whole time? I think... If you talk about finishing 10th or even 9th, like you say, 9th to 13th, pretty much the same thing. Um, the only reason that that would be a good season is if we'd been plagued by bad luck, by injuries, by all sorts of things, which could happen. You know, If that happens and we still have a respectable season and finish mid-table and maybe have a cup run, fair enough. But if we keep these players fit, if we keep Wilson in the team for 30 games or more, we should be a top six side. I think we're, we're capable of it. And we've demonstrated that over 25 games last season. So why not do it over 38? That's the point I was going to make. Like we we finished last season on this sort of top eight form, top six form, and top three form. Top three form. That was how we finished, and that was mostly without Wilson. Yeah, and we've got Wilson. He's you know 
for how long remains to be seen. <laughs> but we have him. We don't. There's nothing to suggest that we won't that, that anything's going to go wrong. He's very committed. He's talked about you know this is sort of his final push to try and get noticed by England. All of that stuff. We why wouldn't why wouldn't we to Sai's point be pushing on? Tell us why, Rob. Tell us why. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think a, a lot of what Sai said, I actually agree with. To be honest, I think possibly the difference is is that his glass is half full and, and mine's half empty because <laughs> a lot of what he said there about if Callum Wilson can stay fit all the season, if we can do this, and I don't disagree, disagree with a lot of what he said, but I, I just feel like at this moment in time. Um, there's just a, a little bit missing. I know we're recording this with still pretty much a month of a transfer window left to go. I think we've strengthened up the defence very well. I know that Charlotte just mentioned there about the fact that even without Wilson, we were just about able to to get a few goals over the line and, and just about do enough. I just feel like that sixth place Europa League spot is possibly just a few steps tougher than it is from 13th to 9th. There's other teams around who are also spending a, a lot of money this summer. I know we've been great to go out in January. We're doing it again. We look like we're going to spend even more, but that's what everybody's doing right now. Everyone's trying to fight to take to take that next step. Um, and I am hopeful of it. So as I say, when I say ninth, that isn't me being you know, totally pessimistic, but um, I just think unless we can try and bring in more cover for, for Callum Wilson, and then you talk about the wide players, the attackers, you know, Bruno came in, finished half a season and got five goals. I think we are just that big signing away from getting seventh. I would I would take Europa League conferences is a great season, I would say. I think if we could nab some sort of European football for next season, I would I would probably take that now, to be honest, before you've even started the season. I just feel like that extra step into Europa League with the number of teams competing might be just that one step too far. But yeah, I've got the faith in Eddie Howe and the lads. Bring it home. <laughs> I think we're just going to be really hard to beat this season. I mean, Eddie Howe came in and it was all this, oh, he doesn't know how to set up a defence and he's, he's blown that out of the water. I mean, look at the games we lost last season. Fair enough, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal before Christmas. We took... We took some pretty sound beatings. Um, what was the one? Leicester. Spurs, Leicester. Leicester. Well. We took some pretty heavy defeats, but we also won a lot of games, very tight games. And we've added Sven Botman, a really, really good defender. Kieran Trippi was injured for the vast majority of the end of last season. You know, the defense is better now. And we've got Sharon Byrne, who were excellent, really, really excellent with competition for their position. So they're not going to get worse. They're going to get better. Bruno, f- full preseason under his belt. He's meant to be a holding mid. He's going to, he's going to, anchor that midfield and I just I just can't see teams breaking us down yeah I'm still a little bit concerned about the goals but if, if we keep score lines quite low and and defend our goal well I just think I can't see many teams beating us we're going to get points we're going to amass <coughs> we're going to accumulate an awful lot of points this season and I think that's uh that's that's where my optimism is coming from I think it's a very good point Robin definitely one worth considering first of all good point you made there's a month left to do with the transfer window. Could go and sign three world-class players and then, and, you know, Charlotte's prediction of when we're <laughs> going to win the league might be correct. Hmm. But right now, and I'm I'm top six camp. I, I believe in Eddie Howe. I believe in this team. I've seen so much in pre-season. I think Newcastle are so fit. It's just great to watch. Everyone's ripped. Everyone's hard. Everyone's muscular. <laughs> and it's the total antithesis of last season. And it's not even, it's not even that we're like, we're, we were told last year by the players you know, Callum Wilson, Isaac Hayden in particular, I think talked about how unfit they were at the start of the season. We could see it. We didn't need to be told. We could see it. We knew it. We felt it. I can see, and I'm sure everyone listening could see, if you watched those friendlies, we were we were the fitter of the two teams at the start of those games. And the fact that both full 11s, the fact we could put out two 11s to compete in two separate fixtures in consecutive days is the most only Castle United thing going. Honestly, it just is. The conditioning... Is, is fantastic. The lack of muscle injuries is fantastic. You know, it is a very good point about Callum Wilson, and we were talking about that a little bit later in the show. But your other point, Rob, is like Arsenal have spent 120 million quid. Leeds have spent 100 million quid. I don't expect us to be competing with Leeds this season. Spurs were better than us and have spent 90 million quid. Forest have spent 85 million quid. Uh, West Ham have spent 80 million quid. You know, we're down there in 10th place corner transfer market. At the minute, I'm sure it'll change on 60 million quid. We haven't spent that much um, compared to other teams in the league. So I think the point about everyone else getting better is a relevant one because 
I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier, that it's not, I, I don't think we can just sit on what we did last season and be the same team. We'll have to be better. We'll have to be fitter. And I liked it. We'll have to press more. We'll have to be better at pressing. And what I've seen in the preseason friendlies anyway um, suggests that all of those things are coming to pass. So that's what makes me excited. But you are right. I mean, if we want to finish in the top six, then we're not, then you'd expect us to be competing with Arsenal. Arsenal have signed um, Gabriel Jesus and uh, the Ukrainian left-back. Both of those players will get in our team without question. So how do you then make up for that in other areas of the pitch unless you can sign similar quality in those positions or other positions? But it's going to be really interesting to see. Charlotte, I haven't asked you directly, so I shall now, wh- where you think we'll be this season. What's your league position prediction? Well, we'll end. Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. So that's a that's a top six push. I think you and Sai, it could be goal difference apart. In yes, that. yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really positive campaign. I think there are going to be tricky games. There are teams up there in that top six um and teams that want to push into it that that have made some shrewd signings this summer um but I'm encouraged so much by to your point the athleticism of our players since um in pre-season how ambitious we were not only you know we didn't we were safe. I know Eddie Howe wouldn't accept it until we were mathematically safe, but we were safe quite early on, sort of in that April, end of March time. And uh, and and there was that sort of lack of acceptance, like we're still going to, we, we don't want to just be safe, we want to push up as far as we can go. I think that's the mindset. And um, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a really um, fun season. It's gonna. It's been such a long time since it's been actual fun, and I think it will be. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And we got a question from Adam Morrison saying, pre-match routine, first game of the season, what's your pre-match routine? Rob, go. I go to the big market for beers and then walk up to St. James's Park. <laughs> that is pretty much what I do for most games. And yeah, it's normally good fun. Sorry. I think that's a very good question. I haven't had a pre-match routine for several years now because of the, the previous manager, whose name I won't mention because I'll do it on most podcasts. Um, but I think we should. We need to get back into the routine of, of heading somewhere like the Trent, like uh, Barlogo, and just just get into that because I'm I'm really excited to be part of that pre-match atmosphere again. Uh, so many times in the last three four years, just going to the town for the match, just get the bus in for kickoff, head straight home, record a podcast. But I'm looking forward to actually <laughs> dedicating my day again to to the home fixture, and that's just the, what, probably the main thing I'm relishing about about Saturday. I think for me, it depends on who I'm going with because my dad has a very set routine and I usually go with my dad. Um, he likes to go to the North Terrace. He likes to get a plate of pulled pork nachos um, and as many like indigestion giving beers as he can. <laughs> and then and then we walk across round the lake and over to the East Stand where he prefers to sit. But then if I was going with like you guys, I'd, I'd meet you, you know, wherever bar loco often often the true faith sort of masses hang out it's really nice in the summer or late late summer time um it depends but usually the north terrace is my dad nice myself i'm normally stressing about podcasts and <laughs> content. No. um one of the great things about the fantastic city of newcastle upon tyne is um is depending on what you do and what you or where you've got to be there's a pub or a bar for you. So if we're doing stuff in this office, which we're recording from now, we'll head downstairs, we'll head to the fourth, we'll head to places like that. If uh, if it's a big one, we'll head to like the Trent or like you say, low or somewhere like that. It's all alcoholic to, to answer the question. It's all like very, you know, um, wanting to dim our senses before heading into the ground to be as abrasive as possible towards the referee and the other team. Do you think that's what Joe Linton does and that's why he's so aggressive? <laughs> Is that why he's so angry? Yeah. I liked your theory, Charlotte, that he has Jason Tindall in an earpiece. <laughs> Snap the cunt. Um, oh. That is Joe Linton. First, first podcast of the season in the sea bomb. I love it. We're going to take a break now. Uh, these are some adverts. If you don't want to see the adverts, sign up on Patreon. would love you to join us. you get got lots more of these podcasts and the free podcast ad-free back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part two of the show. Charlotte, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about our players, our lovely, lovely players. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll put you on the spot, as I often like to do. Who plays at centre-back for you against Forrest? Oh, I so enjoyed Cher on Friday night. I just think he, he's always, he always looks good. But he just looked really good. He looked really composed, really, um, I don't know. I just thought he had a great game, and I... I can't see why you wouldn't start him. Okay, there's one of two. Okay, I think, um, I think most people have accepted Chair's going to start, but it's nice. So you want me to say Botman? I don't think it would be Botman. I don't think it'll be Botman. Why? Because I think Eddie Howe has shown us how. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Burn because um, I think he's shown us that he likes to drip feed these new kind of um brilliant players i think botman by like game four or five of the season will probably be the starting center back unless unless we're having an incredible run of form um but i think we'll see him come on like sometimes and then get a game like get into the starting 11 that's that's how he did it with bruno it sort of got us all excited it got them some game time without too much pressure i think it's a really smart way of introducing um introducing players especially players who haven't been in the premier league to this kind of football and that's what i think happened so i think it'll be sharon Byrne. any difference of a opinion lads no i was gonna back you, you made the point just at the end there charlotte i think um dan Byrne is just a bit more battle hardened and uh i think you said it last week dodgy not and forest are a big big physical team and dan Byrne's probably better suited to that botman will take a little bit of adjusting to the Premier League. He's looked very, very solid in pre-season against a variety of European teams that the Premier League is a different different kettle of fish and I think it would be sensible and prudent and probably what Eddie Howe's thinking to, to ease him in and maybe, I don't know, I might be completely wrong and if he starts we'll be buzzing but I think Dan Byrne and Cher is, is the obvious thing to go for for this game. The only thing I thought to say and I know this is going against the room here but I quite like Byrne and Botman together. Um, I know, I, I, I understand the the idea of, of Botman and Shaw, right-footed, left-footed, it makes sense. But I also remember what Shaw was playing like before he played alongside Dan Byrne. <laughs> I felt like Byrne actually came in and sorted him out and told him what to do. Um, so I think Byrne possibly deserves a lot of credit for the, for the work that Shaw has actually put in in that second half of the season. And when you need a leader in that back two, you'd imagine that it would be Shaw of him and Botman because he'd been around longer. But I think... Botman could well excel further with Byrne alongside him instead. I know the two left-footed isn't ideal, but I think a young and a, and a more experienced head would potentially work better. I like the idea that Dan Byrne is the reason Cher's game has improved, but, I, I'm sh- but Eddie Howe came in at around the same time. I'm sure it's him. Maybe. Yeah. Cher I, I, has become a very good player, but I'd, if, if, if Fabian Cher isn't playing... Who's going to like call the ref a cunt and, and wind up the opposition players? And, <laughs> oh, no, Joe Linton. Yeah, but he's, he's such a good shit house. You just want to see him, and, he, and that can make a difference in a, in, a, in a physical game like this. I think just him winding up opposition players is, is something we need in the team. That just gives Sven a chance to be a dick. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, 
It, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? And it's a lovely problem to have. You, uh, who knows what will happen? I think it very much seemed like that back five that started against Atalanta in that friendly was the is the back five. It doesn't make loads of sense not to start your two centre-backs or your back four in the last pre-season game if your whole defence is playing together. Um, on the same level, will Shaw Longstaff play or will Joe Willock play? Because if you look at the, the game against Bilbao, you'd say Willock's in. And I personally, even though I love Willock, I would start Longstaff. That would be my view of that one because I think Longstaff against Arsenal just worked so well with the other with the Brazilians it just it just it just fit it just it just went well and that's it with Bernard Shaw it's like I like the way it looks do you know what I mean it's like right foot left foot mm-hmm. everyone everyone knows how it works everyone is you know can enjoy the familiarity of it and I feel like the back four and the back five in the team will also thrive off that if he does start Bartman fine we'll get behind him um Part of me thinks to sign a thirty-five million pound centre back to put him on the bench, but he's young, and like you said, Charlotte, you got to earn your stripes. Yeah, team. and it, it's not to put to put him on the bench; it's to bed him in properly to this side. It's not like it's a matter of interpretation. Yeah, I know, but it's, it just seems like so harsh to put it like that. I don't know. It's, it's so it's, funny as well how you're like, if he starts Botman, fine, we'll get behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it's loyalty, isn't it, as well? Eddie Howe rewards performances, and, and Sharon Byrne have earned the, the right to be the starting centre-halves, and as long as they continue to perform, I think it's it's on Botman to take chances when he gets them to to bed himself in the team, which I'm sure he will, but I think I think Howe does reward performance, and it encourages other players to continue to perform to keep their place in the team as well. You want to take a picture of all our faces when big Jamal Lascelles rocks up at three o'clock <laughs> in the middle of our defence, shaking oh hands God. with the opposition. I will cry. <laughs> did all right. Did all right against Bilbao. All right, it's not good enough. Yeah. All right, it's not what we want. What it we is want. true. Don't win the league with all right or finish seventh. Okay, let's talk about Callum Wilson. Robbie referenced it before. It's a big one. Um, sigh. Should Newcastle still be in the market actively for a first choice centre forward? Do we have a big problem with Callum Wilson? I, I don't think so. I think um, I th- it is a gamble. There is a gamble because he could he could get very unlucky and and pick up another injury. But I also back Eddie Howe and his entire coaching staff and all the other staff at the club to manage him properly to make sure that if there is a danger of an injury, if he's looking a little bit needing a few more days to recover, they might they might use him sparingly or they might take him off after sixty minutes. Again, I'm trying so hard not to mention the previous manager, but he would have just run him into the ground and risked him at the soonest opportunity, rushing back from injury, overplaying, playing four games in a row over Christmas. We won't do that to Callum Wilson with Eddie Howe. We'll, we'll use other players. It's a bit it's a bit of a worry that those other players might be Chris Wood because I really don't want to see him play loads. But I, I just think if we can get 30, 30 games out of Callum Wilson, that's that's possibly 20 goals there. And that's that's what we need from a centre forward. And you, it's now impossible to pluck that out of the transfer market, especially the way it is at the moment. So... I think we've got to put our faith in the Callum Wilson idea and I I back the club and the player to get it right this season and and avoid any major catastrophe injuries. Rob, same question, mate. I think we should be in the market for a striker, but I think we will struggle to bring one in. Um, whether you like it or not, um, I think Chris Wood was our striker that we brought in in the January and that's why the strikers we're being linked with now or youngsters, uh, 19-year-old Ekatike, 20-year-old Sesco. These are the guys we're looking to bring in as a, hopefully they can help, but we're not hanging our coat on them. Um, I think we've already spent the money on wood, and and if we did bring in our youngster, that would, would certainly help in the depth of that position, but Callum Wilson would still be number one, and should Callum Wilson get injured, would still be looking at the room of Chris Wood and a youngster who's never played in the Premier League before. So I would like to see us sign someone to even... Because you look, Callum Wilson and, and Chris Wood are both well, 30 now, I think. So even if we could bring in someone to start playing with them now, so in a year or two's time, their amount of time on the pitch can increase. But I think for the right here, right now, this season whether we signed a new youngster or not, it's all going to be on Callum Wilson. So I am agreeing with <laughs> the man to my right and hope that uh, Eddie Howe will do exactly that and simply just be a little bit more more careful with, with how he uses them. I think the trouble is with the way we play with a single striker, it's just the way the game's changed now. You used to have two strikers. Someone was quick, someone was strong. 
Now it's Callum Wilson. You've got to be everything. You've got to chase the ball into the corners. You've got to be in the box for the header. And whether we're careful with him on the training ground or not, he is going to be putting in a full shift every game. And we know this is going to be a very um, big season for us, as we've all discussed. And then it doesn't help when some of the season gets cancelled because of a World Cup in the middle of it, where we're now having to play three game, two games a week and he's having to play a lot more minutes in a short succession than we would have liked. So to answer the question, yes, I think we should buy a striker. Do I think we will? Um, I actually I actually don't think we will. Or if we do, it'll be a, a youngster as a, a third choice behind Chris Wood. Me, my you. girl. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to... I think I'm stealing something that you've said. I don't think we've got a Callum Wilson problem. We've got a Chris Wood problem. Because he's the sort of dead wood oh dear um <laughs> that we need to kind of look i don't want to slag him off um he, he seems like a lovely bloke but he it's not a good center forward anytime any footballer is he's a family man he's a lovely bloke yeah you family know man. there's the biggest butt coming about his football <laughs> <and> ability <laughs> i just think you know w- we signed chris wood on this sort of he's their top he's been his top goal scorer he hasn't scored many goals this season but they always come later yeah. in the season um goals like you know he just needs to find his stride well he didn't find his stride and he's older so where is like how where is where are our goals coming from if if he if he's our first choice striker but then how do you sign another striker and then have three on the squad like it's very difficult it's a tricky sort of um position to be in I think if we do sign Madison and and uh, you know that that might be our our option there, bringing some goals in from midfield rather than um, rather than bringing in a, a bona fide striker, um, it's a bit of a worry. But I'm going to also try and not like look ahead to a, a, a as yet unhappened injury. Right now, Callum Wilson's fine. He's playing with the squad as long as he's in the in the squad uninjured. I think we're okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about a phantom injury for now. I love it. Love the positivity. You can't worry about what you don't yet know will happen. However, some people would then say, "Come on, Callum Wilson has missed so many games." Great podcast, Rob, that you did um, with Alex and other Alex on our Patreon um, platform this week about Callum Wilson and his injury record and his reliability and all that kind of stuff, his effectiveness in front of goal. The, the big concern is, like you say, Charlotte, it's not so much Callum Wilson getting injured. He will get injured this season. It's it's very rare players play 38 games across a season. It's can Newcastle, like Sai says, get 30 fully fit Premier League starts out of them. That's what you need from your striker. Can we get 30, 32 at a push starts out of them? If we do, I'm convinced that we're in that top six conversation. Even without a Madison or a Werner or, or whoever else, or, or a um, Corne, I'm convinced because Callum Wilson is that good. The problem, like you say, is, Charlotte, it's Chris Wood. The goalposts have changed on Chris Wood. You made an excellent point there. That The good thing about Chris Wood, not only did he play for Burnley, he had was one of the few players to get, along like Aguero, Salah, and a couple of others, to get double figures for the last four seasons in the Premier League. I don't think he get 10 shots on target this season if he played for the way, the way he's been playing. And I, you know, I put on social media that uh, after the Atalanta game, I was very disappointed with Chris Wood. Just a friendly, of course, but someone made the point saying, you know, he, he does all the things Eddie Howe asks of him. He drops deep, he makes space for people in behind, he occupies defenders. And that is true. That is true. Problem is, we're not shit anymore. <laughs> so you can't have your centre forwards having a good game if he's occupying defenders, pulling people out of position, dropping deep. Your centre forward should be able to do that and offer some sort of a goal threat. That's not a penalty. If Chris Wood plays 30 games for Newcastle this season, Will he score 10 goals? I doubt it. And therefore, he's not good enough. Do I hope I'm wrong? Absolutely. Am I often wrong? Yes. But I still think that Chris Wood at the minute, he was he was signed uh, for a purpose to keep us in the Premier League. Fantastic. Well done. Alice said, Burnley, come on, lads. Come on, take them back. Send us corner. We'll, gi- we'll give you money. <laughs> he, he seems like a nice bloke, as Charlotte says. I'm sure he's a good, positive aspect in training, aspect of training. But... But like you said, Rob, it, whether we're happy or not, he is our 2022 first first team centre forward signing. Well, I'm not happy about it, but he's here, so they need to start getting some balls in the box because he ain't going to score. 
any other way. We need to start. I mean, I do feel sorry for the bloke that he's he's built for crosses, and we are a team that does not cross the ball. You know, he's got ASM twisting one way or another in the box. Alan Shearer would have knocked ASM out probably in 1997, <laughs> um, as the Janola story goes, that kind of thing, um, for not crossing the ball. I mean, let's talk about ASM since we're talking about players. I don't know if any of you want to talk about him, uh, anything you've seen in preseason. You know, he had a, he was less effective under Eddie Howe than he was under Steve Bruce. One of the few players to do so. And like you said, Charlotte, it's a really good point. We were superb last season with Chris Wood and a half, not interested, that wouldn't be fair, but like a, a, a half functional ASM in terms of his usual output and for goals. And we still managed to be the best, the third best team in the league points per game uh, from January onwards, from January 1st onwards. Does anyone, what, what do you guys expect from ASM? More, the same, less? Who wants to take this one? Rob? It's an interesting one with St. Max because you used the word interested there and I don't want to necessarily put him down either, but I, I did feel at times when he's got the ball at his feet and he's on fire, he looks like he, he wants to do something. A lot of in the preseason, the reason I liked someone like Elliot Anderson was he was constantly screaming for the ball. He wanted the ball. He wanted to pr- improve himself. He wanted to impress. I felt like for a lot of the time, St. Max kind of just stood at the side and if someone wanted to give it to him, that's great. If not, he wasn't too fussed. Um, and it's all down to how Eddie Howe uses them. You've, we've spoken again there about the fact that we are getting better. We are a better side. We are defensively a lot more sound. I think the reason St. Mike's St. Max liked playing under Bruce was that he just said, go on, lad, stand up front and just do whatever you want. And he had the freedom to do whatever he wanted. Eddie Howe has obviously tried to pull him back and say, come on, you've got to do a bit of this work as well. And and I don't know if that's why maybe he's looking slightly less interested. The question is, is can we now, with hopefully a, a more solid defence, potentially forfeit the defensive work of St. Max and go, you know what, mate, just go and stand over there and do what you can when you get the ball, put all your energy into that. Uh, it's, a, it's a tricky one against some of the lower league sides. I think we do have enough defensively target players on the left. Joe Linton covers on the left and St. Max is free to wait around up top next to Wilson for the ball to come out against the uh, some of the other sides in the league where we need to have more defensive work. Maybe you look to bring in Fraser instead and just actually don't play St. Max for that game. I think he's a, he's a form player and when he's, un, when, when he's in form, he's, he's unstoppable. Uh, the problem is we don't quite often see enough of that in a season. I want to see some maturity from him. I don't know. There's something. He's getting a bit older now. Uh, you know, he's he's he can still have us. He can still have fun and be the most exciting player on the pitch to watch. But I want to see a little bit more discipline and maturity in his game. And I think Eddie Howe's gonna. If anyone's gonna get that out of ASM, I think that's gonna. It's gonna be him because. I just don't think he's got time for. Dancing around on the ball. <laughs> that's not his style. I think the best thing that could happen to St. Max is if we do buy a James Madison or someone of that ilk, because then he's no longer the big fish. I think while he remains the our main source of attacking threat, he's always going to have that that attitude himself. He knows he's the big fish. He knows how important he is, and it it, it almost <laughs> ruins him because uh, I mean the Bill Bow game was 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 a perfect example of why, how other teams will continue to identify him as as the threat. If you go back on NFC, could you can watch. The ten-minute highlights of, of us against Bilbao. Every single attack is still going through Maximan. In some respect, he, he does bring other players into the game, but he's running with the ball. He's beating three or four players, and there's still not really anyone else doing that. And other teams are going to continue to make that difficult for him and put four or five players on him. And then he gets frustrated and his head drops. And I think if we just need something else. We need some balance in that team and somebody else who can create. And to be fair to Miggy, he's he's looking really bright, and hopefully he can contribute something and, and provide some balance from the other side. But I think another really good quality attacking player want to provide competition but also to take some of the spotlight off him both from his for his own ego and for how other teams will pr- approach games against maximum that's the best thing that could happen to him all very interesting points i am really enthused by what i saw against bilbao he was pressing better it was it kind of like it it made sense to what other players were doing he wasn't just doing his own thing he made some real effort to get back defensively, and I think that that can only improve him and improve us because we we became a, a somewhat effective pressing team at periods of games last season, with with only kind of nine outfield players buying into it at times. Um, in addition, 
like you say, Sai, if we can bring in eventually someone on the right side, even though Miguel Amaron is in the form of his life, it's only pre-season, so it doesn't matter. We'll <laughs> find out against Forrest. But that space creation down the side with Trippier behind whoever it is is going to be massive for ASM. I think he's going to have a, a fabulous season. I really do. I think it's almost going to be a breakthrough season because we know how good he is and he, he's good on social media and other teams and fans of other teams do think, right, Newcastle United, ASM, they do make that link. But no one at another club, I think, has really seen him as much more than a, a you know a, a show pony, someone who does tricks unnecessarily, someone who beat three men but no end product. I think you get 10 goals this season if he stays fit. I think you get 10 goals, maybe 20 goal contributions. I'm excited for him and us. Someone mentioned Elliot Anderson. Who was it? It was Rob. Rob. Is he staying? Is he playing? What do you make of him? I think that Eddie Howe will keep him this season. I th- I, I have been so impressed. And uh, again, it's it's a local lad who's, who's young and upcoming and uh, it's what everyone loves to see, a, a local player in the team. But... As I mentioned earlier, I just find that in, in the games when he's had his chance, he's, he's clearly trying to show that he, he wants to be here. I think he's actually said in an interview that he wants to be part of the squad. And there is a, there is a, a toss of the coin to say, you know, what is better for his development going into the championship, playing, you know, 75% of, of a season or having some game time here, but being in training every day with players like Bruno, Joe Linton, who are always going to be helping you improve. And I just think Eddie Howe is that kind of manager who wants to train and improve players. So if there's any manager, you know, we've had in recent years, I think Eddie Howe's the one to, to bring him through and and get him playing for this team. We we talk about the transfer window and positions that we want to strengthen, striker, winger, you know, centre mid has never really been in the conversation because we already have a, a reasonable number of options there. Um, is Elliot Anderson another option that won't get used? It's really tough to say, I think, because of the fact that we aren't going to sell him. It, it would be some sort of loan that he starts the season with us and Eddie Howe gets a flavour of will he actually use him? And if he's not going to, then I think we will loan him. But for the right here and now, based on the preseason, I would be saying... Let's give him a try, at least till January. And then if, if not, we can loan him then. I think we absolutely keep in the season. I think um, the way we are seeming to approach games, and, and again, Bill Bauer is a really good example of this. And again, maybe I'm dwelling too much on the one preseason game I attended. <laughs> but for 60 minutes, as, as you described before, Dodds, um, the, the pressing, the, the effort levels were insane. We started a bit run out of steam at the end. And because the other 11 lads had played the night before, we didn't really have a subs bench for that game. There's going to be five subs this season. There's going to be good players like Anderson and other midfielders who don't get picked to start a game, but can be brought on to to change a game. You know, I think Anderson is the perfect impact sub, and it's, it's all on him. If he gets those opportunities, it's on him to prove himself and take them. But he looks hungry. He looks like the sort of player who will take those opportunities and will take them. Um, the alternative is he, he has to if he's going to go on loan, he has to go to a, like a, a promotion candidate from the championship and have a proper season there where he scores ten, fifteen goals for. A, for a, for a class team in the championship, but I just, that, that's unlikely. I think his development now's the time in a in an improving Newcastle side where he's going shoulder to shoulder with some some really great lads. And yeah, the, the five subs and the and the high intensity football going to be playing. He will be used and he he will get chances. And I think that's a good opportunity. The the caveat, the, the way I'd come back to you is maybe I worry about the Matty Longstaff situation because if, if you've got a kid who doesn't play football, we've kind of seen how fast their career can regress. I don't think that would happen but it's just in the back of my mind. Eddie Howe how knows best. I think he'd be away. I think if we sign Madison, that, that's a potential uh, conversation then because where's Madison going to play? Is he going to play in that midfield three? Mm. Um, and then Anderson's uh, opportunities become more limited and that's not what we want. I think if he stays here, he needs to make, you almost need to have like a Jacob Murphy season from last season where he kind of makes, you know, 30 appearances and 19 of them from the bench across all competitions and that would be fine. Um, let's move on to the final part of the show then I just want to know from you three what you're looking forward to in terms of specifics are there games are there periods what do you think about the World Cup that's fucking mental in the middle of the season <laughs> um, you know thank god all the blokes who made that decision were upstanding individuals who only had the good of the game in their mind as they voted for and a Winter World Cup nothing extra in their pocket yeah. <laughs> nothing um, you know, who wants to start us off? Anyone, any any games, any periods, anything in particular for this season preview that you want to highlight? 
I'm excited for the first game of the season. Very <laughs> basic, but just just get us there. Um, then I'm I'm going to Brighton, so that's my first away game of the season. Um, I like Brighton. That's, it's a nice place. It's really hard to get to, but it's a nice <laughs> place. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then yeah, about the World Cup, I don't know. It's just a weird one, isn't it? Because it's it's sort of slap bang. So what, what's our last game? Early November, mid mid November. And then and then we stop until Boxing Day, and then we're just right back there on Boxing Day. So like, I don't know. I I, I worry about it in terms of momentum. If we have had a really positive um, start, um, is that going to impact our momentum? Is anybody going to get picked up and then injured that we have? I, d- I don't know about that. Um, probably not as as imp- as big an impact on our side as others. But yeah, from the momentum side of things, I worry about that. But again, I can't get too embroiled in what might happen. We might have had a pretty good start and we have an excellent second half of the campaign. So um, it's just weird. It's just going to be really weird to just stop, have the World Cup and then start again. <laughs> it's just it's a very strange thing. Any views, Rob, mate? Yeah, I, I think in terms of players, um, I'm really excited to see... Uh, Joe Linton and Bruno have a full season together. Um, we've seen it in the preseason. They are literally the Brazilian duo right now where Joe Linton just kicks everybody all over and Bruno passes the ball out, which I am looking forward to seeing throughout the whole season. And um, Trippier as well. I think at the time when we brought him in, uh, it was just absolute elation that we'd got him. And then five minutes later, he was gone. So I think it'll be great to see him have um, a, a full season behind him and... You know, not only just trying to organise that defence, but as we improve and have more possessions, see some of these guys really getting forward and trying to contribute that way as well. I think what Charlotte says there about the World Cup is very interesting. And for a team like Newcastle, I really don't know which way it'll go. Um, you think that obviously Bruno will go away with Brazil. Who knows, maybe Joe Litton will even manage to go with him. Um, but generally, we have... A few, a few internationals, but it's not a, a full squad. A lot of the teams who you'd expect to be Liverpool, Man City, teams who are challenging for top four, you could well see the majority of their squads go away, go and have to play for a month, come back knackered, and then we step in and go, right, let's play them now and and get them while, while they're tired. So as much as the World Cup could be not great for a viewing aspect in terms of giving the majority of our seat our squad a break midway through the season could potentially even be a good thing for us any views Sai? yeah I, I was about to say i'm not fucking looking forward to, the, forward to the world cup at all but you've just made a very good point about how <laughs> if we can keep ourselves in some sort of touching distance of that top four there might be a chance to pounce uh the only day i'm looking forward to this season is the 3rd of june 2023 which is FA Cup final day <laughs> in June. How June. good is that going to be? Yeah. That's so weird. So the, what I said at the start of the show, the odds just doing all year round now. Yeah. Like this, that's <laughs> insane. And that means the championship final practically be in July. Um, maybe didn't check that. I'm really looking forward to first of all going back to Leicester on Boxing Day, smashing them with like all their players that are probably signs or not. Um, <laughs> but realistically, I think Leeds away in May. 13th of May, probably like 40 degrees again, because it's just hot now all the time. Um, I can't wait for that one. Leeds Away was an absolutely insane day last year. It, for anyone who was there or just watching the telly, it will go down long in the memories. Probably the turning point of the Eddie Howe era uh, when everything was shit and then everything was class. So it'd be nice to go back there and win again, but also maybe secure Europa Conference qualification. Maybe hammer our name into that top eight conversation who knows depending on your point of view but i'm really look, looking forward to leads away that's a good one um i also think don't know why just everton at home on wednesday in, in october just everton midweek has just been out of this world in 2022 and we've got another one um actually it was shit away from home wasn't it charlotte <laughs> so i forgot about that but yeah, it's garbage in, it's in james's park in fact, really demoralising. <laughs> at St. James's Park, we'll play them at home. They haven't, I don't think they've signed a player. Have they spent any money this summer, Everton? I don't think so. Yeah, they seem, you know, they seem in a great position to not spend any money. That seems like a good plan. I think we'll leave it there, though. 
Thanks to you three for your time. Really appreciate it. I hope everyone listening has enjoyed the show. We have a live show this week. How could I not mention it? I need to try and flog things to you all the time. <laughs> it's me, Roel, as the host of the True Faith Podcast. We have a live show. It's at the Stand Comedy Club. Myself, Charlotte, Keith Downey of Sky Sports, Craig Hope of the Daily Mail, George Colton of The Athletic, and Mark Douglas of The Eye Paper. Um, we're going to talk about the season. We're going to do much what we've done now but loads better. It's £15 a ticket. How could it possibly be better? <laughs> Rude. We'll assign like four players by then. Oh, so, okay, fine. You know, the play, the roof will come off, or underground. Um, <laughs> and it's £15 a ticket. The podcast will be on this feed. So if you don't want to go, or you can't go because you live very far away, or you're just busy, um, you will be able to listen to the full show. We do have uh, a Q&A on that show afterwards that part is only available for our patrons on that audio feed so come down to catch the whole thing 15 pounds a ticket i'll put a link in the description to this podcast as it's a new season i've tried to sell your patron i've tried to sell your tickets to a live show if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever um, podcast listening platform you use that would do us a massive favor with itunes google podcasts spotify they've all got rating system they all just want to rank us compared to other podcasts can you help us out by giving us five-star rating and if there's the option a little nice comment that would be great i'll stop now and let these people leave this office and uh we'll be back on this kind of podcast next sunday morning when we'll know the outcome of newcastle united five not in forest nil <laughs> speak to you all then bye everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.